Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave. Or the land of the free and the home of the brave. I thought you guys might like to hear our national anthem as it was first sung. Uh, of course, you all know it was written by Francis Scott Key as he sat in the harbor in Baltimore watching the shelling of Fort McHenry. And... In those days, a battle had been lost whenever one side lowered its flag. And Key sat in the harbor on the ship writing our incredible, chilling national anthem that if it doesn't bring a tear to your eye every time you hear it or sing it, there's something seriously wrong. Um, but he sat there penning the lyrics to the song, and we all know that it was a drinking song. <laughs> the tune is. Um when you listen to the way it's played today, you know, stately and majestic and, you know, in a different time signature altogether, you know, it's hard to grasp the fact that it was indeed a drinking song. But when you hear the way they sung it originally in the pubs and the taverns, you know, it makes a lot more sense. And I really think the story of our national anthem is something that is so uniquely and clearly American. You know, we take something that is seemingly insignificant and we turn it into something that is beyond our comprehension. Um, I know that from the time I was a little kid, you know, anytime I saw our colors presented and heard the national anthem and, you know, as I just did, sung it poorly, um, you know, my eyes always well with tears and I, I swell with pride. And I remember the men and women who have given so much to make my life so incredibly simple. You know, I, I tend to be one of those people. I, I complain about little things. And you guys have probably noticed that on the show, you know, issues that might not bother you. I tend to get a little bit more riled up about them. But when I stop and consider how easy my life is, truly, you know, compared to most of the rest of the world, you know, compared to how it would be if I was living in the United States of Germany under the Third Reich, you know, how it would be if I was living in the United Soviet Socialist States of America, you know, had the USSR won the Cold War. My life is so painfully easy, it's hard to put into words. And the reason for that is the brave men and women who have given so much, who have sacrificed so much, who have answered freedom's call every time that bell rang. And it's, it's the biggest part of why this is my favorite holiday. Independence Day is far and away my favorite holiday. I mean, it's for me, it's, it's Christmas, it's Halloween, it's Thanksgiving, it's Easter, it's, everything all rolled into one and it, it still doesn't it still doesn't approach how i feel about independence day um i'm very blessed to have the opportunity to be grilling out for family tomorrow 
Um, I can't wait to do that. There's nothing I love more than, you know, seeing people happy and well-fed and, you know, being able to celebrate in peace um, because of those people that I was just talking about. And it's funny, too. Some people know the story, some don't. But the British during the revolution called Americans Yankees or Yankee Doodle. And it was meant to be an insult. It was meant to be disparaging. And just like we did with our, our tune for our national anthem, we took that and we turned it into something great. You know, I, I'm a Yankee Doodle dandy. Yankee Doodle do or die. Real life nephew of my Uncle Sam, born on the 4th of July. You know, we're calling ourselves Yankee and Yankee Doodle. Um, you know, we, we basically took their insult and threw it back in their face, you know, and, and took their tea and threw it back in the harbor. Um, but to think about the courage and the fortitude and the sheer will and determination of the men and women that founded this country, you know, most of our, our founders were married men and I'm sure they went home and talked about work and I'm sure that their wives had input in, you know, um, what they were working on, be it the declaration, be it the constitution, you know, and Betsy Ross, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, we need, we need something to represent all of this, this concept of, of by and for the people, this concept of we, the people, you know, um, the first time in, in probably world history that a government had been created that gave the power to the people. I mean, it's such a fundamentally brand new cause and brand new idea brand new experiment, the great American experiment, you know, that it, it must have been a daunting task, you know, as talented a, a, a sower as Betsy Ross apparently was. I mean, it's like, how do you represent that? Um, and of course, our, our flag's gone through a number of iterations and, and changes over the years. It's had stars added, you know, and, and patterns changed and things like that. But the, the original design has essentially remained the same. And I dare say that Betsy Ross nailed it. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think there's been an American in history that got something as completely right as she did. You know, I, I'm 47 years old. I see American flags every day. You know, there, there's not a day in my life that I don't see one somewhere. And I still find myself to this day stopping in awe at times, you know, whether it's a certain way the lights hitting the flag, you know, or there's a certain sunset or, or whatever the atmosphere is, you know, there's never been a time in my life. And I suspect there will never be a time in my life where I just look at the flag and see a piece of cloth that I ignore and keep going. It represents everything we are. It represents everything that we strive to be. It represents our daily efforts toward a more perfect union. And it is such a privilege, such a high privilege to be able to live my life under that flag. You guys know the story of my grandfather. I'm not going to tell the whole thing again. You know, first wave, Omaha Beach, my personal hero and and 
you know, though they, they may not know him personally, you know, a personal hero to many, many, many Americans. Our history is so special in that way. You know, we've all been touched by military service somehow. Might not be something as dramatic as, as being in the first wave on Omaha Beach. You know, it might be a two-year little stint, you know, the, the entire time spent in the United States. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, if you've signed on that solid line, and I can testify to the fact that it was a solid line, it's not dotted. You know, you've written that blank check to Uncle Sam for anything and everything up to and including your life. I don't care what your MOS was, your military occupational specialty or your job, in other words. Um, whatever you did, you were trained as a, a basic rifleman first. There was always that potential that you would see combat. And I have many, many friends who have. I was one of those people that never left the United States. But many of my friends did. Many of my leaders that it was an incredible honor to serve under did. And they protected our freedom. They protected freedom around the world. They stood up and said, my life is less important than this cause. I mean, can you imagine that? You know, those of you who are, I don't want to say regular Joe Schmell Americans. I don't think there is such a thing. You know, I, I think we're all important in our own unique and individual ways. And certainly you don't have to have served in the military to be a great American. And I want to make that distinction very clear. Um, you don't have to be a constitutional conservative like myself to be a great American. You know, you can be the polar opposite of me on the political spectrum. And if you love this country and you want to see us strive every day toward that more perfect union, I consider you to be a great American. You don't have to share my ideals. You don't have to share my view of, of how we get to that more perfect union. If in your heart you love this country and you want to see us get better every single day, I consider you to be a great American. As I said, Independence Day is my favorite holiday. I wish more than anything that I could have been around to see the beginning of this great American experiment. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall and heard the great men of that time, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, John Adams. You know, I wish I could have heard the fury of the debate that they had over how exactly this was all going to work. And when the Declaration of Independence and our Constitution were written, you may envision a lot of well-dressed men in, in, you know, white powdered wigs and all being prim and proper and politely speaking with each other and, you know, all of those things. And, and some of that did happen. But there were also very loud disagreements. You know, these were men who believed very strongly in their own vision 
you know, just like that friend I was talking about that can be on the complete other end of the spectrum from me, has a completely different vision. And we might become loud with each other if we're discussing political issues, discussing the future of the country. But that makes neither of us less of an American. Our founders did that. They spent a lot of time yelling at each other. <laughs> you know, I mean, I would love to have seen that. <laughs> if any of you have ever seen the, the musical 1776, you get a little bit of an idea uh, in that incredible play, what I'm talking about. You know, there's a great song in the beginning, Sit Down, John. And it's about John Adams, you know, one of the most forceful and fervent and vocal of our founders who often would bring up ideas that a lot of the members of the Second Continental Congress would disagree with. And I'm sure he was told to sit down more than once. You know, I, I'm sure that parliamentary procedure was one of those things that went on the back burner when we were creating this great, incredible American experiment. And I can't believe that they arrived at what they did. You know, a government, again, of, by, and for the people that puts the power in the hands of the people. That 245 years after that letter was written, that politely told King George III he could go to hell, here we are. And this experiment hasn't been perfect. Far from it. It's a human venture. It was never going to be perfect. And that's why our founders said toward a more perfect union. And I think that is our goal. And I think we have been fairly successful with that. Put it this way, there's a lot of countries that have done it worse. And I'm pretty sure that I'll never write anything in my lifetime that 245 years from now will still be relevant, still be meaningful, will still carry the weight and the immense power that the words of those men did. It's such a privilege to be an American. It really is. I count my blessings every day. I count the fact that I'm blessed to be protected still by some of the greatest men and women walking the face of the earth. I count my blessing that I can walk out of my house and I look up. The stars and stripes, oh, glory is above my head. Not a German flag or a Russian flag or anybody else's flag. That one that with some changes over the years that Betsy Ross first sewed. Love to have met her. How do you do this? How do you come up with something that can successfully represent what we're doing here? How do you create something at 245 years from now? Some dumbass in Western Maryland will still stop and shake his head and get tears in his eyes and think, my God, my God, that's gorgeous. 
It is. There isn't a prettier flag anywhere. Never will be. You can wait another 245 years and you're never going to see one prettier than ours. Bullet ridden, bled on, drug through the dirt, picked back up, carried across the battlefield, fife and drum behind her. absolute most gorgeous symbol that humanity has ever created, in my opinion. Friends, I hope you'll take just a couple of minutes this Independence Day 2021. Reflect on how blessed we are, how privileged we are, how great it is to be an American really is something special. And I hope that our generation can do our part to pass that flag to the next generation and to the next generation and to the next generation. And 245 years from now, some other dumbass in Western Maryland, long after I'm gone, will have that same thought. Look up at that same flag. Damn. What a privilege it is to live here. What a privilege it is to live my life under that flag. How amazing it is that every generation has sent our best men and women to ensure that that star-spangled banner does yet wave. Or the land of the free and the home of the brave. Happy Independence Day, ladies and gentlemen. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.